is happening podcast world this life ain't for everybody breaking it down series with chad and alex we've been hanging out quite a bit together we've been doing some cool things and um one of the coolest things that we did lately was the jamie johnson concert in reno kind of a different experience i want to talk about Jamie Johnson a little bit today, but today's episode, of course, is brought to you by our friends and family, Lynchburg, Tennessee, the iconic, the one and only, the historic Jack Daniels, Tennessee, sour mash whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking, but Jack Daniels is good. It's a good brand, good company. Every drop of Jack Daniels is made in Lynchburg, Tennessee, and then sold all over the world in 167 different countries. Think about that. Every drop is made in that little tiny county, that little tiny town of Lynchburg, Tennessee. Is that kind of cool to you? Isn't what's that kind of rule? It it, it can't be whiskey unless it's made there or something like that, right? Isn't there or everything else is bourbon or something? And well, there's there's one step that separates the bourbon from the whiskey. You know what that is? The barrel, right? The difference between Tennessee whiskey, like Jack Daniels, for example, and bourbon, is after the spirit is distilled, Tennessee whiskey is filtered through sugar, maple, charcoal. So it's that charcoaling process. And it's filtering. It's crazy, too, because you like, when you know the liquor, when it comes out, it's clear. And you would think that when it would go into that charcoal, you would come out and it would have some tint to it or color to it. No, it filters it to where it's just perfectly clear. And the color comes from what you said before from sitting in that barrel forever and letting that wood and stuff get in there and give it that rich flavor and that rich color in it. Is it it true you can't buy Jack Daniels in Lynchburg? That it's a dry county? There's no bars or restaurants that serve beer or liquor. It's a dry county. But there's specialty shops for specialty bottle purchases on the distillery property where you can go in there and buy Jack Daniels like commemorative bottles or, or special edition bottles. But you can't, like, go out in the parking lot and have a... There's no liquor store out there. Yeah, you can't go out there. Now, you can go across the county line and then bring it back into to the county where Lynchburg is and have a you know have it at your house and have a drink. There's no saying you can't have a drink at your house. You just can't buy it there. Hmm. Dry county, that's crazy. So, yeah, so there's, a, there's a, a process, and I watched it go down to where they filter that, that alcohol through this maple-infused charcoal. And the charcoal's all, I mean, it's unbelievable how they do it old school up there. So that's the difference. That was what I learned when I was, I've been back there the few times I have. But Jack Daniels, thank you so much for what you do here for all of our brands. I, I was also thinking about Jack Daniels in the capacity of the branding of it, like how strong the brand is and influential. Where, like in the bar life, you're in the restaurant business. It's unbelievable the branding they, they have. And there's some other liquor companies that have, I don't know if they've ever gotten to that point. Are, are, is Tito's like you see Tito's and you're like, oh, man, that's iconic. Like when you see the Jack Daniels old number seven logo, you're like, that's iconic. Is there another one that's like that? Is Crown Royal even like that? Like when I see Crown Royal and obviously I'm biased a little bit, but do you get like, oh, man, that's an iconic brand. I'm going to go get a tattoo of, of no. Crown Royal on my arm. There's more tattoos of Jack Daniels on people's bodies than any other brand in the world. Well, look how many times it's been ripped off not maybe the best word to say but you know what i mean a lot of people use that black on white with the you know they trying to try to kind of you know piggyback off of that iconic logo like you said and that branding it happens all the time i mean jack and coke is i mean 
you know, that's like a, that's like a commodity item in a bar. You know, everybody drinks a Jack and Coke. You hardly ever hear someone say, you know, whatever crown or Jim, no one, you know, Jim Beam, none of that stuff. It's always Jack and Coke, Jack and Coke, Jack and diet. Um, we've had this talk before too on this podcast that I think the margarita was the number one drink ordered in a bar. I still would argue that That, that's crazy to me. Do you think it is? I can't, but I couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of tequila and I mean, I guess I'll order a margarita if I'm at a Mexican restaurant, but I mean, yeah, you go out to a bar and who, how could you ever drink five or six margaritas? You know what I mean? You'd have heartburn coming out of your nose and yeah, sugar high for the next week. But I don't know. It's got to be just, I, I don't know, a summertime thing or warm. You know, maybe people drink a lot more of them when they're out, when it's, you know, hot outside. Yeah, but do, they, but do they? No. That's the question is really, do they? Because I don't, I don't, I've never been to a bar where it's not like a Hacienda or a Mexican restaurant and had somebody go, yeah, give me a margarita. That's what I, I don't understand that either. It's always a Jack and Coke. There might be a, a vodka soda that's, you know, those are popular with lime. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is real popular? For cocktail wise? Yeah. Old fashioned is whiskey. Rum and you know, a lot of people get rum and coke, vodka crayon, vodka soda. Vodka crayon, yeah. Uh beer, obviously. Um Yeah, the old fashions are they're really coming on. You know, we've talked about the, the hipster movement, and I'm not saying that all the old fashions are hipsters, but it's a it's coming back you know i remember the revilios you know jack and tom were huge old-fashioned drinkers before yeah you know anybody even knew not before they knew what they were but way before i ever knew what an old-fashioned was and i mean it is a it is an old school kind of a drink but um that in the manhattan you know which is another whiskey drink that they're they're popular um i like that to see that you know the the whiskey uh movement i guess i would call it you know a lot more people out wanting to drink whiskey drinks and or whiskey straight up you know i mean that's that's a that's a big time movement now it's just you don't need anything else in it you know what yeah, I mean? just need her on the rock yeah and i agree right i mean it tastes good the way it is i, I again maybe in a crowded bar scenario at the angler and hagerman you know i'm, I'm not drinking a, a whiskey neat or anything like that you know but no, I love it, especially at home now, man. Just like if you want to chill out for the night and you have one. Yeah. Jack's got this barrel proof and they're in their barrel uh, barrel select program, you know, and they're in their um they got the barrel proof, which is unbelievable proof. I think it's a hundred and thirty seven on this barrel proof whiskey. You know, it comes in the single barrel variety. You got the Jack, you got the German Jack, then you got single barrel, then you got single barrel barrel proof. And now they just came out with single barrel from Koi Hill special edition. And I got a bottle of it. It's 147.3 proof. I just saw it. 147.3 proof. That's over what? 147 proof is like 73.5% alcohol. Yeah. That's that's stout. Yeah, and it's so good and so smooth. I just saw... um, I remember before we were talking about that, uh, what was it, a 10-year bottle that you got that were that were so rare, that Jack Daniel 10-year aged? I just saw somebody on social media bragging that they had gotten a bottle of that, and I thought you had three of them. I have more than that. 
that that the government knows about. That stuff is awesome, dude. That ten year old that just came out a couple months ago. Everything they make is awesome. Old number seven is great, but we're not really breaking down Jack Daniels. I just wanted to talk to him about a minute because I've you don't need to obviously overdo it. You just have to have a couple maybe two drinks and you feel good and the flavor is unbelievable. We had one last night and the reason we did is it was we're celebrating just how lucky we are to get the things that we do to get to do the things we do. And we, me and you were in the truck talking like, you know, how does it get to that point in a person's life of like, you start to imagine like, why are we getting all these opportunities? You know what I mean? It's kind of, do we deserve this kind of attitude? That's my attitude is like, we work hard, but how is all of this happening? Like where we're sitting right now and where we've been hunting lately and what the shows we've been going to. And then we're already got our plans for Nashville and what we're going to be doing there with some musicians. And then we're going straight to snow goose hunting in Nebraska. Then we're leaving that and we're going straight to spring training. Like, think about that. They, they call that a pinch me moment. A lot of pinch me moments though. I'd have bruises all over my body depending <laughs> on who was pinching me. I mean, the the last few days have just been crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Did, did we discuss where we're at right now? Well, did you let anyone in? I don't really discuss where we're at. It's kind of a secret all the time. They might hear about it a little bit more on the over on our Foul Life podcast. You might hear some ducks in the background. There's a lot of them here. <laughs> but that's the thing is that, that let's break this down. Help me break this down. You get to, you get kind of pigeonholed in life because you become a quote-unquote duck hunter, right? You become a quote-unquote golfer or a quote-unquote eye doctor, whatever it is. But there's still diversity in life. And that's what I wanted people to understand through this podcast series of breaking it down and this life ain't for everybody is I want to be more than just a duck hunter. I'm not saying that I know everything. I'm not saying I could go be a bull rider or I could get up and sing on stage or I could go operate a fighter jet and be a fighter pilot. I'm not saying that, but I wanted to talk about all of these different walks of life and how most of that network was built off of the passion for the mallard duck or the Canada goose and waterfowl hunting. We met a lot of different walks of life in the last 15 years because of hunting. And if it wasn't for hunting, we would have never met Leith Lofton. Now, you can't say never, right? You might have ran into him at church one day, or you might have ran into him at an Ole Miss football game. Who knows? But the re- we met him at a turkey camp in Kentucky with Sam Natton. We'd have never met Sam Natton if it wasn't for hunting. We would have never met John Party, Bobby Johnson, Barrett Hobbs, Rocky Merlot, John Shaw. The only reason that I know John Shaw is because I, we went hunting with one of our local friends that went to college with his son seven or eight years ago, and it turned into this lifelong friendship now. By the way, I got us some dates coming for this summer for shooting with Houston, which is another unbelievable story. But you know what I'm saying is like, that's what I was trying to do is like, how do you get out of the box in life? How do you get out and show people like, it's more than what you think kind of deal. Now, people do have a lifestyle where they play golf. They might play tennis. They might go snow skiing. They're diversified in their hobbies. But you get pigeonholed into one single thing, and the audience always wants to hear about the duck hunt, the duck hunt, because that's what we've been known for is the foul life and Bandit and all these different brands, Benelli and Federal and Hive is whatever it is. You know what I'm tr- trying to say is like I, w- I want people to take a serious that this this podcast series, series is – 
a legit network of folks that have a lot of them hunt, but a lot of them don't. There's been a lot of people now that I've been introduced to, you know, through the hunting network that might not necessarily hunt or hunt as much as we do. Yeah. They might be kind of a fringe, uh, follower is not the right word, but you know, maybe they're on the outskirts of it. Maybe they used to do it when they were a kid, or maybe they have a, a, a slight interest in doing it, or maybe no interest at all. I mean, you know, not, not like you said, not everybody hunts and, some people frankly don't they don't care about it. it's not that they you know they care negatively towards it or positive they just it's not even on their radar which is fine too but like you said you've developed this network now well you know you get race car drivers and musicians and athletes and sportscasters and broadcasters and and, and you know guys like Les Nesbitt who are you know still tied into a you know as a quote unquote hall of fame you know kind of hunter he's killed every big game animal on the north american list but you you don't talk to him always about hunting or you know it's not everything revolves around it i guess is what is kind of cool about the whole dynamic is that you know you could be talking about a, a past career be talking about anything you know and that's what i think is cool about it too is that not everything is hardcore waterfowl hunting and it's great yeah, you have to have a, a, a way of getting that out there. And I thought podcasting would be a good way of doing that. Because if you, you have the ability to start Instagram pages, right? And the social media, which drives me up a freaking wall. I don't want anything to do with it. But then you start one for This Life Ain't For Everybody. Then one for Jargon Game Calls. Then one for The Provider. You got one for The Foul Life. Then you got one for Where The Pavement Ends. You got one for Banded Brands. You got one for Avery Greenhead Gear. Am I missing any? Am I missing any of ours? I think you can. Jargon. I wish we could just put them all under one. That's the theory. That's the theme I'm trying to break down, right? That's a great way to look at it, in my opinion, of this breaking it down episode. I want to put them all under one. But when I put up a duck hunting picture on the foul life, people go nuts about it. If I put up a picture that we're at a baseball game, people are like, put on whogivesashit.com. <laughs> because it doesn't match with what they expect from us. Their expectations aren't being delivered upon. So then all of a sudden they're turned off to it. And they're like, this is supposed to be a duck hunting page. I come here to see ducks die. And I'm like, listen, the hunting lifestyle is more than the kill or the pull of the trigger. It's more than just even more than the dog or more. There's so much that comes out of this. Yes. I love Axel and Duff and Waylon and Izzy and slash the whole guns and roses band of dogs we have i love them all i love every part of it i love the calling i love the scouting i love the cold mornings i love this coffee you and i are drinking right now you're looking out a window right now at a thousand birds probably that's why you're not even paying attention to me you asshole literally one one was <laughs> i know i could right tell over your i could tell something was going on um but here here's and i thought about this yesterday but, but let, hold on i know you're thinking but i'm going to end it by saying this I, I want to put our entire, the foul life encompasses all of that. Oh, you met John Party because of the foul life? Yes, we did. Does that mean that John Party's a huge waterfowl hunter? No, it doesn't. But we met him because of our, 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 our network and our, you know, our opportunities being afforded to us because of this. But when we try to showcase that part of life, I, I, the other day I showcased those meat sweats from Traeger. And I was just having fun with them, cooking on a Traeger, wearing these sweats, pants, you know, the meat sweats, great name for some clothes. Do you know how much shit I took from people of like, 
coming to this thing is embarrassing. This is like a page for a circus. You ought to be ashamed of yourself running in place like that. And I'm like, dude, I'm at one of the finest duck camps in the country running in place in these meat sweats because I love Traeger. And I love the idea that they're thinking outside the box and building this pair of sweats that you can lounge around in on game day or on grilling day and have your utensils hanging from it and just being cool and creative. What's wrong? Why Why do you got to get ridiculed for not just showing a dead duck is my point. That's what I'm trying to say. I want you to talk now of like, I wish everybody could come to this, the Foul Life Instagram page because we do have a lot of followers on it and just mix it all, the whole lifestyle into that one page. Is it possible, you think? No. And here's kind of what I listening to you talk here's what i equate it to a lot of people that hunt are very shut off and they they i guess they think they're protecting you know if if you're out hunting the river you're never going to go to a boat launch and have five or six guys standing together going hey yeah i think i'm going to go you know, West down here, you know, it's, it's all a secret. It's all a competition. It's all who can get there faster, you know, and, and then that's the mentality that comes over into that page, right? It's, it's, it's almost like jealousy is a word that you could give to it. Anger is a word that you could give to it, but it, I, I see the comments and I see the things like that. And it's, you, I feel, I can feel that same tension at a crowded boat dock of guys competing over what blind they're going to go to and, you know, not happy about, you know, somebody getting there a little bit earlier than them. We talked about it yesterday. Remember getting up at three o'clock in the morning and, you know, setting out your spread and having somebody come sit right next to you. Everybody, Which we did forever. Right. Everybody still would. It still would. Those guys are still angry. You know what I mean? I, I would too, but you know, I like that, that same tension, that same feeling is on that social media page. When you do something, funny and outside of the box and like you said not a strap full of that's dead a great ducks. way to look at it and, and it sucks it it, it truly it's because you saw my attitude change yesterday when we were in that boat yeah i was like oh god do they know it's me if they know it's me and i'm and i'm trying to have fun and i'm trying to do something that's going to showcase this this the, the lifestyle because there there needs to be some positive role models or positive showcasing of this lifestyle because waterfowl hunting is not growing no. Okay, let's just be honest. It's not growing. People are like, well, we don't want anybody else out here. Yeah, we do. We want people involved. But I was like, I used to sit right where that guy's spinner is, right there, that exact cove. Probably eight to ten hunts a year. Not in my home state, but in a great place. And look up where we're sitting now and dream of one day I would love to hunt there. I had no idea what happened when we were there. I put every bit of my passion into my calling and my duck hunting when I was in that spot. And you know what? We killed the shit out of them. But the whole time I'm like, I wonder if I'll ever get to hunt there. And now I'm hunting here and I'm down on the river and I'm like, man, I used to love hunting here. I wish that people knew that that was the attitude. It's not raw, raw look at me. So I get in the boat yesterday and I'm on the river where I want to be. And you saw my attitude change. There was hunters out there. I wanted to get some work done. I didn't think there'd be that many people on the river. And what did I do? Turn around and quit, didn't I? Because I wasn't going to get, I didn't want them to get upset at us because now I'm going, man, if it's, if they know it's us then they're just going to ridicule the chef, I should be like, who gives a shit? Whether it's me or not, I'm still going to be a good human being and get out of their way. Right. But now, my, I was, I, I felt like you, you, you took it upon yourself regardless. Cause you, you wouldn't, I think you could imagine yourself in that cove 
and somebody cruising a boat up and down that, you know, in your mind was messing up your hunt, which I do not think we affected their hunt at all, but you did the right thing and said, Hey, we're done. And you needed to get what you needed to get done, but it was more important to, you know, make sure those guys had a good experience and hunted, you know, had a great hunt. So we left and do it another day. Do it another day. But I don't think a lot of people would have done that, you know, as a sidebar. I, I feel, you know, if if we're talking about it, we're talking about it. A lot of people, it, it equates to this and what we're talking about is the selfishness. And, you know, a lot of people have forgotten how to be a normal, cool human being. You know what I mean? And I'm not just talking the hunting world, but, you know, like you said, you post something that's funny. People have forgotten how to bite their tongue. And it is a lot on social media. You know what I mean? But they, they feel like, and I think they feel like, it's not real, right? They can go on your page and and, and bust your, you know what's Because they can't believe it's happening. It can't be, it can't be real. I, I just think that they desensitized. You know, you would never say that to somebody's face, right? No. I mean, unless you had an issue with them, but you wouldn't walk by a guy who's, you know, jogging in place and cutting up with his buddy. Okay, go, so let me, ask, let me ask you this then. On the other end of that spectrum, as the person that's putting that stuff out there, and I've already said people have an issue if I, like, don't have a dead duck dying. But then I show some fun that we get to do, right? Is that okay to do? And let me finish before you talk. I don't want people to be thinking, like, this guy just shows off this lifestyle that he has. Because I come from humble beginnings, too. You know, you've known us a long time. We didn't come from money. We didn't get to sit behind home plate. We were in the bleachers watching the A's play or the Giants play as kids. Okay, we didn't didn't have that kind of lifestyle growing up. Flying around in private jets or being on a freaking Prevost bus with a, a country artist. We didn't have that kind of lifestyle. My dad didn't live in Austin or Nashville and had all these connections to Willie Nelson and Hank and Waylon and Merle. We didn't have that kind. Of, we listened to those guys, but we paid freaking hard-earned money that my mom and dad would earn to go get a concert ticket. I remember going to Sawyer Brown and Tanya Tucker and paying for it <laughs> and loved every minute of it. Seeing Mark Miller run his crazy ass around the stage, singing guys like me, but here's the deal. Or some girls don't like boys like me, but some girls do. Remember that oh, song? But some, oh, but some girls do. Is it okay for me to go on there and be like, look at tonight. We're, we're backstage at Jamie Johnson and here's where we're standing. Oh, and, also, tomorrow I'm going to put on there that we're going to be down on the field for batting practice with some other guys that that we've met through hunting and formed a good, solid foundation and friendship with. And then we we might be at Talladega. You and I are at Talladega together, down in the pits with all the car and race car truck, the truck and race car drivers, winning Talladega. All of that Talladega deal is because of hunting. That all happened because of that driver is a huge hunter, and he wanted we wanted to work together. It happen so is it okay for me to be that guy or do i keep all of this back and don't showcase that my life in that way or am i being a, a an asshole for putting it out there on this social media platform that i despise but i also understand how important it is in marketing and what we're trying to accomplish with these brands so you do have to like get the impressions and get the engagement and da 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 the whole time you're talking. I you're think, watching ducks and falling asleep. No, no, I think one thing, and it's the American dream. 
And like you said, you, you grew up the same way I grew up. You know, both my parents worked. You know, they they bought a concert ticket. They bought a game ticket, you know, all that stuff. So you've been able to accomplish your American dream. You're accomplishing it. You're actively doing it. Most people won't applaud you for that. And it's sad. But that's, you know, I think people watch from the sidelines of people that are successful. Few people will cheer you on, right? I mean, few people will. A lot of people watch from the sidelines and, and then they they wait for you to fail. And then that's what they're going to applaud. And that's a terrible, terrible way to live. But that's social media. And and you see it every day, right? It's like, the who's this guy that's been boxing and stuff? Uh, Jake Paul. Yeah, why not give that guy props? They don't. They, <laughs> He's beating the shit out of everybody he fights. And, and, and it's all, you know, it's all rigged. It's all fake. It's all this. Waiting for him to fail. You know, Conor McGregor. I, I, I never really got into Conor McGregor. I didn't know, but now I've, I've been watching, and he is a funny dude, and he's very hilarious. Cocky. Hilarious, and but you know, it's like everybody wants to see them get beat. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to see them win. When you, when you, I guess where I'm going is when you're when you're out in the in the in the front of the stage, that they, they don't want to root for you; they want to root against you. So when you talk about, you know. Should I hide all this stuff? Absolutely not. I mean, you live a great life, the American dream. You should be happy about it. You should be celebrating it. You should be showing it off. But I think, sadly, the world has changed to where people are actually rooting against you for that. You know, you, you should be able to go, that freaking Chad worked his butt off for 20 years, you know, stomping around in a marsh, learning how to be the best duck caller, learning how to be the best goose caller. And now look at him. But that that's not what, you know, that's not what most people do. Isn't that nuts, though? That It's, it's terrible. And me and you are, all, like, best friends, and I appreciate you saying that stuff, but there are people out there that, that do see it like that, but it's almost like a maturity level because I look back at, like, pictures of me when we first started banding calls, and people expect me to be ashamed of them. Like, what was I thinking? No, because I was different. Oh, I I can't wear a bandana and 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 a hat on backwards, or I can't wear a flat bill. I can't do a photo shoot in a a grunge environment because of my my love of rock and roll, my love of a different kind of lifestyle. Not everybody has to be born up against a tree with a chew in their mouth. I've always said. Now, am I saying that's bad? No, because I got a lot of people. Some of my best friends are that way. But that didn't mean that I had to come from that. Everybody came from different areas. You know, like you could go to a baseball team and you'd have like, oh, Luke Koshaver is a freaking country boy. He hunts and kills everything. Then you got sitting right next to Moustakis, Moose, the third baseman, and he's a surfer. Mm -hmm. Never hunted a day in his life. But it's, why can't you be well-rounded? When I was a kid, I skated. I knew everything about Bones Brigade and Tony Hawk and Mike McGill and Steve Cavallaro and Lance Mountain and Christian Hasoy. I could keep going. Mark Gonzalez and Rob Roscoff. I, I followed Thrasher, Thrasher Magazine and freaking everything about the Bones Brigade, all of the big air contests, all of the half-pipe and vert and street contests. I knew it all. I also followed all BMX. I also followed freaking Ricky Johnson and Jeff Ward and, and McGrath and all of the motocross guys. I loved it all, but I wasn't good at it. I loved it. I loved getting on a motorbike and trying to be as fast as I can. And yeah, I called it a motorbike. Not many people do, but 
but I also knew about Tuff Edeman and Lane Frost and Rodeo and Bob Tallman and Leon Coffey and freaking bullfighters and clowns and all of the people that went into Rodeo and the NFR. Okay, so what was wrong with being different and doing things? I took so much shit for the flat bill hat. And, and people call me a DOU, you know, that word that's so dis- disrespectful because I was doing photo shoots that were different. I will mop most people up in the world on a short reduce call. Now, am I as good as Hunter Grounds or Kelly Powers or Scott Tryon? There's thousands of callers better than me. But you're, you'd be damned if you would look hear my calling and say, oh, he sucks at calling. Duck or goose or coyote or bull elk, whatever it is, turkey, whatever. Now, I don't want to be the bragger, but I've worked my ass off to try to get that good. So you can't say... He sucks or he's a piece of shit because he's got a picture taking of him in a different environment than just standing up against a tree or in a barn or something. I'm not, I'm not disrespectful to country, the country, the military, the, the, the whole culture of being country and farming and ranching and all that Americana. You know, I'm all about that. I've lived it my whole life. I was in parades on floats with horses and red, white, and blue banners in Cedarville, California when I was five years old. So you can't take that away from me, but I shouldn't have to prove that I should be able to showcase who I am and what I learned through all of those years of growing up that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. You think when everybody told Elon Musk, you'd never be able to have an electric vehicle that was popular and sold. The guy's a billionaire now. I mean, innovation is the key, right? You know that that's you're an entrepreneur you know that innovation is the key look how many look how many people are wearing flat billed hats now duck hunting all of them all of them all those kids i call them kids you know all the all the younger guys out there that's all they're wearing and i i mean part you touched on maybe part of something that's just hard for people and that's change right like you said everybody wears a a grease coat and a certain kind of a hat and a certain kind of a boot and a certain kind of a glove and that's heritage and that's how their dad did it and all that stuff. And great, man. But how come you can't have that and be happy for someone that doesn't have that? You know, whether, whether you kill the same amount of ducks, less, more, whatever, who cares? When I go to spring training and I'm sitting there hanging out with one of the guys we know, of course, in my mind, I'm like, God, I wish I'd have made it, but I would be damned if I went, dude, F these guys. I should have been here. Mm Mm-hmm. This is sucks. Yeah. No, I'm going to go sit my ass in that seat and have a cold beer and watch him and listen to that sound of the bat. When I go, when we were with Chase Rice, Chase takes a lot of shit, right? He's bro country. This Chase is reinventing his career. His new stuff is country as hell. And I respect him for that, for, for, for noticing that and understanding that and wanting to get into hunting. He's getting into all sorts of hunting. He's grown a buffalo herd. He has an unbelievable farm and ranch in Tennessee. Loves duck hunting. He's eating up with it. Addicted now. What's wrong with that? The guy's 30, 33, whatever, how old he is. Had some huge hits. Wrote crews for Florida Georgia Line. Has had some other number ones on his own career. Just came out with this song called If I Were Rock and Roll that's badass. He's got another country's hell song called uh, From Key West to Colorado. So tell me, tell me how being around Chase Rice and seeing what he has wouldn't drive somebody crazy. How come I don't have that part of the American dream? This guy's got millions. He's got a prevost. He's got this badass Bronco. He's got these nice clothes. Look at all these people paying attention to him. I've never looked at it. You know that? Why? Because I've always had confidence that we've built the same thing on our end. And that's why we're there with Chase. So I don't go into that going, oh my God, he's got 15,000 people on their feet. 
I cheer for him. I want John Party to get huge. I've, he, how much of an advocate was I for Leith Lofton? I want his music to be heard by the world. I don't get like, oh, I better keep this in a box because if it's not me or I'm not making money. No, I promote the music that we love. And hopefully people are like, yeah, you know how, how many people have called me and went, dude, I cannot quit listening to Brent Cobb now. They didn't know who Brent Cobb was before we put him out on our platform. Not to say that we built Brent Cobb. So please don't take it that way. But there's a lot of people that were in our circle that had never heard of him or Adam Hood or Leith Lofton or Whiskey Myers. And I could keep going. Chris Knight. So what, you know, we, we put them out there because we appreciate them. We respect them. We're not making a dime off of any of that. They don't pay us to put them on our stuff and maybe they'll only get two new listeners out of it, but those two new listeners could turn into five by next week if they hear the right song. So, you know what I'm saying? That was my whole mentality is like, give back to everybody, but you get yourself in what we started this conversation with this pigeonhole to where people at one time thought I was a punk, a gangster, a thug, a do, you know, a D-O-U, what, I don't want to say the word, I hate that word. But they called me these names, and I'm sitting there going, you're telling me if you're a duck hunter, you love to duck hunt, and you love to fish, and you love to goose hunt, you're telling me you wouldn't want to get to do the things that I get to do, because they're not 100% related to killing a duck, you wouldn't want to go backstage at all these concerts? You wouldn't want to travel the world and hunt all over Argentina and Uruguay and Paraguay and Peru, all the provinces of Canada, all over the continent of the United States, and get to meet all these wonderful people. Well, you get to hunt the best places. That's the only reason you kill them. No, it's not always been that way. And I've had two shitty days in a row at one of the best places in the world before. I've had I've been to Habitat Flats with Tony Vandemore where we killed him, but it wasn't like it was the week before. Okay, so it's not that I get to, I don't get to see everything in, the, in its majesty every, everywhere we go. It's still hunting. But people want to ridicule me of that and, oh, he's just out effing around again and living this party life. No, it's not a party. I'm out trying to incorporate all of these brands into this. And you tell me straight up, has it worked? Mm-hmm. You're, I mean, you're really dancing around a, not dancing around, but you're, you're hovering over a, a problem in, in life, man, and. It's, it's a word that starts with a J and is associated with the color green. It's a lot of jealousy. And it, it's sad, but it's a character flaw that a lot of people have. I mean, I think everybody could be, you know, guilty of it. But what you're saying is, why can't you, if you love it or you even are around it, how can you not be happy for somebody that's good at it? You know what I mean? If, if you love BMX, I should not have said BMX because I can't think of one BMX rider. If you love skateboarding, are you really going to look at Tony Hawk and go, you know, you're, you're an idiot. You're an idiot for having that giant half pipe and, you know, teaching your kids how to skate and being so famous. You should be applauding that guy. Yeah. You're the, you're the, you're the best skateboarder in the world. And wouldn't it be awesome if I could meet you one day or wouldn't it be cool if I could watch you skate live one day? I mean, maybe never happened. Maybe you learn how to do a trick from him, but why would you, why would you be upset at that guy for making it and and making it happen? Why, why would you do the same for a baseball player? Like you said, you played baseball through college D one. I don't know why you didn't make the pros. It was, I mean, a a clear error somewhere in the logistics of how, you know, they pick pros, but so now you're going to be tarnished to the game of baseball and sit back and say, 
F that. Uh, I don't enjoy this anymore, you know, because I didn't make it to the pros. Come on. And I think I think about how many great fun hunts we had on the on the Truckee River by our town. You know, and you shoot a handful of ducks in the morning and you're with your friends and BS. And how do you turn that into a negative or how do you how do you go home and get on social media and look at someone that's got a full strap and go, yeah, it's because he gets to hunt the best place ever. Did it tarnish your experience that you had that morning 100%. because somebody had a better experience? Not even a better. Somebody shot more ducks than you in a different place? No. You should look at that and go, it's awesome. I went duck hunting this morning too, you know, and cut up with my friends and drank a cup of coffee and watched the sun come up or watched the sun go down and awesome. And then, and then I think that's what social media was meant to be was like, then you could look at it and go, man. Chad did that too. You know, Clay was out there doing that too. My buddy Jimmy John was over there doing it too. And you should, we should have been celebrating all that. And it turned into this negative thing. And, you know, I guess we could break down why it's a, you know, people feel like they can say whatever they want on the internet, I guess, because the, you know, the odds of ever seeing that person in real life are slim. But it's created this ugly place where, like you said, you know, we were we were looking the other night about a totally different con you know somebody's bitching that we're goose hunting in a different state why don't we stay home and do it in our own how can you be that stupid yeah like it's stupid you don't want people to travel around and spend money in your economy and in your hometown and you could make that grow wider you know in america in general we're fueling the economy we're we're creating jobs we're sustaining jobs we're visiting small towns that you know right wrong or indifferent we run up a you know thousand dollar food and beverage bill in a town that might not see that all month long and you're so narrow-minded that you say get out of here you're ruining the goose hunting for everybody else because we killed two or three geese or yeah. you know seven ducks it's ignorance and it's sad and and i i you know no one you know is someone really going to listen to this and then change their ways? Probably not. But if, if they would look at it like you mentioned the American dream, free enterprise, go do it. Mm -hmm. If you want to go out and build a life that you want, or you're happy with where you're at, if you're happy with where you're at in life, got your kids by you and your old lady with you, or you got your buddies by you and your dog next to you, <clears throat> whoever it is, whatever you're doing, why would you ever go negative on these posts? Like that shows your weakness. Mm -hmm. I want everybody to understand that that shows how weak you are inside that you would get on. This clown comes on our, on one of our social media platforms and say, you guys are an absolute circus. I don't even know why I will come back to this page. Well, why do you, you idiot? <laughs> Ask yourself that you're the asshole that keeps coming back. If you don't like what you're seeing, that's just like me. If I go, I don't care. I don't care what Dwayne Johnson or Kim Kardashian's doing. I don't care. Let them go live their lives. I don't like what they put on their page. I'm not saying that I say this personally, but I don't follow them. Right. If you're tired of seeing how successful The Rock is, if you're tired of seeing how much money The Rock's making, now he just did this deal with his Under Armour line in UFC. He just wrote the, the foreword to Jay Glazer's new book. You know how awesome those accomplishments are <laughs> to come from these humble. Yeah, he had a little bit of a head start. His dad freaking wrestled. 
That didn't mean that Dwayne The Rock Johnson wasn't going to turn into the icon he is now. When that dude went out in the WWE, he wasn't no freaking actor. No. He wasn't no actor. He wasn't even that big or anything. No. He he, he got huge through his work ethic and his passion. Well, the haters on steroids. Whatever. Still worked out every day. Every day. Every day. I don't work out every day. You can't can't take anything away from the man. But I don't follow every move that he makes. I got a lot of respect for him. If I saw him, I guarantee you we'd get along. Mm-hmm. I could talk to him about a lot of different things. He l- listens to Drake White. He listens to Whiskey Myers. He, we got some stuff in common. The dude's got good taste and shit. I respect what he's done. But I'm not gonna, I don't need to follow all of these people to know that. You know why? I'm too freaking busy doing what I want to do. <laughs> I don't have time to swipe all the time and figure out what's going on with everybody else. That's one of the reasons why people get pissed off is because they don't stay in their lane. If they spend as much time dedicating their, their passion and their focus on their task at hand and not worrying about what the rest of the freaking world's doing, maybe we wouldn't have all of this negativity and this pessimism. We could be like, holy shit, Belding's out there at a, a Waylon Jennings tribute concert after an awesome freaking fishing trip in Florida. I'm over here freaking building this badass 4-H event with all these kids in my local hometown right before the rodeo starts. And then we got a local band that's coming in here to kick some ass and we're going to throw down on some dancing. That's badass. That's how it started with us. Little local event here, little local event here, little duck hunt here. And then boom, it freaking started to blow up. Do we, do we pinch ourselves every day? Well, hell yeah. How could you not? How many times have you heard me in the last 72 hours say, Crosby, why do we get to go through this gate right here and do what we're getting ready to do? How many times have I said it? It's not like I'm sitting here going, yeah, this is my deal. That's right, I'm here. I'm not like that. People think I'm like that, but you you know me for years. You think I'm like that? Yeah, that's right. We're in the house. Never never seen you being that way. Very, very humble. But I think you kind of just hit the nail on the head is, the, the people out there that are unhappy in life are the ones throwing stones, right? You know, like you said, if, if a lot of people only, you know, they're, they aspire to have a, a, a good job in a family, you know, and, and live a, a, a great, you know, quote unquote, normal life nine to five Monday through Friday, fishing, hunting on the weekends, drinking some beers, hanging out, you know, watching the kids play baseball, all that. And those people that are truly happy, they'll applaud you. You know, like you said, they'll look over and go, man, look at this guy. Yesterday he was hunting ducks in Wyoming and today's in Las Vegas at the SCI show, man. And they probably go, he's, he's nuts, man. How, you know, how's that guy? I I can't stay up past nine o'clock at night. You know, he's running all over the place, but then you get that. Then you get those people that are unhappy. And, and you know, what's, you know what's sad is that maybe they're a really good duck hunter and they live in, you know, wherever, the rice fields of California, and they know they're, the, they're a good duck hunter and they're a good caller. And it, it's, it, it takes more than that. You know Way what I more. mean? It, and it isn't just a – and you see it a lot in big game hunting. You know, there's guys that go out and they, and they kill big stuff all the time. And then when they see – somebody else and, and you know maybe they're on the cover of eastman's or something like that and they go f that guy i killed a way bigger buck this year i should be on that what'd you do to get on it you didn't do anything yeah you didn't do anything you killed you killed a nice deer and you hung a picture up at the sportsman's warehouse and you and you think there's some something's gonna come of that it's hard work it, 
how many years did you go through this grind? You know, and and I'm not going to say you didn't have anything to show for it, but you did it just like everybody else. Look, look at you started this thing before social media. You know, you used to make DVDs and and VHS tapes, and that there was no way to get your name out into the world. No. People nowadays. They they can have a YouTube channel and they can post things and they can that that didn't happen when you started all this stuff. You you started us all this with the network, right? You you basically cold called the 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 hunting world, so to speak. You know, you didn't have that social media thing that you could go out there and send a direct message to all your peers in the industry and that that didn't exist. You went to shows, you went to calling contests, you went to conventions, you know, you did it boots on the ground hard work and even with social media and all that stuff it's hard work you, you don't just start a youtube channel and have a million followers the next day because you killed a limited ducks lots of people kill limits of ducks it's you have to be innovative you have to be hard working you have to be dedicated and it's a great point you're making because that's the thing is that i've never won the world goose or the world duck i've been around a lot of good callers but i've also watched a lot of good callers that never amounted to shit they're just great hunters. That's fine. Yeah. That's okay. But don't hate on people that did something different business-wise. I've always, People come up to me all the time. How do I get this job? How do I work in this industry? How do I get to do what you do? And I go, they expect me to go, well, learn how to be the best duck caller you can be, the best goose caller you can be. Um, learn how to do, be the best shotgun you can be. No, it's way more than that. It's communication and negotiation and transparency and work ethic and focus and entrepreneurial spirit and vision and unorthodox thinking. You look at something like you saw me today. I don't just settle for being like, man, I could take this whole day off right now and just go out and hunt ducks on the thaw this afternoon. Very easily could. But I'm thinking like, what can we do to make sure that we capitalize on every moment of the day? To the point to where I'll run people into the ground if I'm not careful because my mentality is just work 24 hours a day. Work, work, work. Even when you're partying, even if you're having a cocktail, even if you're at a social event, how are you working? You saw me speak with George Brett the other night. The whole time I'm thinking at that event is how is this going to parlay into something bigger to where we can raise more money for this baseball team, more money for this charity. So I start thinking right around with Coach TJ and with Rick, with all the guys of like how can we turn it into more? I'm not sitting there going, this is it. Mm-hmm. I'm, re- I'm talking. I don't give a shit that I'm on stage with George Brett. Am I honored? Hell yeah. But George is George. George deserves to be up there. George is George freaking Brett. He was one of the best baseball players of all time. Do you think he gives a shit about it? You watch him. He don't. He, don't. he doesn't even know where his trophies are. Now, whether that's good or bad or indifferent, I don't care. I'm saying that George Brett is so humble. He walked around. You made a comment. He walked around and talked to everybody. And he's one of the highest vote getters in the history of the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. He walked around more than I've seen people that, you know, that they were half the baseball player of George Brett, and they walked right off that stage and off into a, a, a room somewhere and never talked to the crowd. VIP George room. George sat out there long after that dinner was over. With, signing autographs, taking laughing, pictures, signing autographs, telling stories, down to earth, cool dude. And and I think George has the same mentality as us. You know, he, he's not, well, he's a coach or whatever, you know, so he, he, he might look at a guy and say, the guy sucks. 
talking about a major leaguer. Now he's talking about major leaguer to major leaguer, and he's talking about competition, right? But I'm saying George would never sit back and go, Barry Bonds sucks. I'm not. I'm never watching the Giants play. He, that guy, I could hit way more home runs than that dude in my prime and turn the TV off. He didn't watch that game. No. He might critique something. He might, or he might just sit there and go, "Man, that dude's good." Or he might just sit back and go, "I don't. I don't want to watch baseball right now." Right. I or, just don't yeah, watch. I'm going to go play golf. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> you, you said something that I think is funny and, and worth talking about. It. You know, how do I get into this? You know, be the best. Be the best caller. Be the best shot. Be, it almost has nothing to do with any of that stuff. No, no. I'm not saying you don't have to know how to do that stuff, but literally the the work that's done behind the scenes and just the work in general it, you couldn't tell somebody how to do this because it's it's no really playbook. centered around hard hard work and long hours and never giving up and you 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 have to you have to have this passion and you know you have so much passion and you know you a normal a person if someone said i'm going to i'm going to become a professional waterfowl hunter cuz i want to get rich and i want to go you know see the world you'll you'll fail but if you say i love hunting ducks so much i can think of no other thing that i'd rather do for a living and then and then you got to figure out what is that are you are you going to be a guide are you going to try and well how do you how do you keep the passion and the brands going after today Think about it. Today, the duck season's over. This is the last day. This afternoon, we will shed tears over a beer this tonight. I'll, I'll, cry. I'll get emotional because it's another season of memories and stories that's come and gone, and I'm very passionate about that. But then what happens tomorrow when, it's, when you're not hunting? Yeah, do we get to go kill some snows? Yeah, we'll go on a few spring snow goose hunts and some turkey hunts. But how do we keep jargon going? How do you keep the foul life going? How do you keep the social media going? How in the right content up there when it's not killing season, do you still just post kills or can we get creative with the recipe guys without getting our, sh- our asses kicked by your comments? Yeah, can, we, can you go work out so you can, you know, keep yourself in shape? Yeah. Can so I get, get back the in the gym? Do you, no. do you, do you want to try to motivate people of like, Oh, chat, ch- chat is, uh, in the gym, like I tried to show some of this and I take shit. Oh, you're, you're just doing this for new balance shoes. No, I work out every day of my life since I was eighth or ninth grade. Very rarely miss a day. Duck season's a lot tougher. But when I'm in town, I work out. You know I do. But I want to have a good balance. So do I show people that to try to inspire them of like, dude, there's no excuse not to keep making a better version of yourself. I'm not sitting there trying to work out to say, I'll whip your ass in a bar fight. I, I'm going to be in the WWE like the, Dwayne The Rock Johnson or Stone Cold Steve Austin did. I'm not even saying that I'm going to go get a tryout with a cross checker and make the major leagues. I'm just saying that I'm 47 years old, and I want to live until I'm 150. I, was gonna, you wanna, I want to be Les Nesbitt. Because you want to keep duck hunting. I was just going to say. Yeah. Les Nes- you want to be 81 years old and in a duck blind with guys half your age and a fraction of your age and still popping up out of the chair, shooting ducks, holding your dog, you know, working your dog, participating in every aspect of the hunt. It, it, to answer your question, I know what you're going to do tomorrow is – you're going to start working on upcoming opportunities and possibilities for the next season. And and you're going to continue to expand your network and you're going to harvest some of the fruits of your labor, right? You're, you're going to go to a concert. You're going to go do this. And that's, you know, that's what a lot of people (coughs) can't wrap their mind around because they might be the most passionate duck hunter for 105 days or whatever the season is. But then they clean up their stuff, they throw it in the garage, and they don't think about it. 
right? They don't, it, it's over. It's over till the next opening day, which is fine too, man. And, but if you truly want to, you know, be a part of this or whatever, it, it, it's your whole life, right? It's every day of the week. And that doesn't mean you're out in your garage, you know, putting weights on your decoys starting tomorrow, but it means, you know, preparing and networking. There's and a ton of prep logistics and travel and looking at where you want to go. Right. You know, if you're going to be and making plans to do it and how yeah. to be successful. Like, look at this. This is what I'm working on now. Yeah. Look at that poster. NWTF show. So this is going to be a big event for us. I can't sit idle. I can't go. Oh, it'll be happening. Season's over. I'll we've start been, again. We'll be there 10, you know, we've been there 10 years. It's just going to take care of itself. No, we have to make sure that all the logistics to get our booth are there. We have to make sure that all the product gets there. We have to make sure that the parties are lined up and that the venues are secured and that catering is taken care of and that we have all of the lighting and audio and video and sound and all. I mean, it's just nonstop. Nobody else is doing it. I'm not saying that I'm sitting there going, oh, yeah, the lighting tech and you do this. No, I'm networking. I'm networking to be able to. I'm networking to be able to get that. That sounds weird. I think it's your phone by that cord. I'm networking to be able to get um, the people, the right people in place to do their jobs. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot to do that because everybody's got their own lives. So you have to start working on this thing months ago. Oh, yeah. who's, who's going to be our artists? Who's going to play the parties? Where are the venues? Who's going to be involved? Who are the sponsors? Who are the partners? It's nonstop work. And then and vision and vision, because if I see a play like, oh, this would be great for this partner to be a part of. You go to them with the vision, sell them on it, take their money, and then you have to deliver and you have to get results and you have to showcase it. Like it was the most beautiful, intimate evening or aura or culture or part, whatever it was. You have to understand that that partner is looking for an ROI in some capacity. And that's a lot of responsibility to take on. It's like being a guide and saying, we're going to kill all your ducks for you. And then you go out for three days and kill one ring neck. And you're like, well, do I need to give their money back? Because we didn't deliver. It's pressure on you. But and I was just going to say, and you also have to be prepared to not sell one hat or one call or whatever you're selling that day, but still know that you got your ROI out of it, right? You... When you roll that whole, and I don't, I don't know how we got talking about this, but when you roll that whole thing out to the NWTF, it ain't about selling calls. Are you going to sell calls? Yeah. It's not about selling rubs, but are you going to sell rubs? Yeah. You want that, that's what, if you had to teach somebody is, you know, that exposure and that presence at places like that, that affords you opportunities down the road, right? How many... I know. I, I don't know their names, but in, but I know that people have seen what you do there. And then they do it. No, I was going to go a different route. They do that too. But but they might catch up to you a week later and say, I saw you at NWTF. You had some guy in there, you know, playing. Who was that guy? Oh, by the way, you know, I have a whatever, a, 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 a cooler company. And, man, I want to get involved. You know, because they – I threw that out there. I'm not saying that's what happened with the cooler company. Just – but they want to get involved because it's cool. And it wasn't about... No, it was man, presence. You had a line down the row of people buying duck calls, and I'd like to buy a duck call. That's great, too. But that's not the big picture. That's the, that's the small strokes. You know, the, the big picture is being that, that industry leader and that innovator. I don't know. You know, people weren't doing what you did five years ago. No. They do it now. Some of them. Some of them. 
But now, now even some of the bigger guys are trying to go are going bigger than what we introduced them to, and it's it's good. It's good. That's good because influence and inspiration is everything. But I, I'll tell you what: to be a little duck hunting company from Nevada and to go into Nashville and tear it down like we've done in the past. That's all because of Mallard Duck and passion. It's not because we're rich. We don't go in there and say, we got $400,000 to put on the best part. No, we go in there and we freaking piece this together through passion and communication and working. And it comes together every time. And it's a blast. And people want to be back. I'm already getting texts. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. But the other part of that spectrum that I want you to keep in mind is I've been gone for four months now filming. I got a daughter. She's very close to me. We FaceTime all the time. We talk nonstop. I miss her like crazy. I'll get back tomorrow. I'll see her for five days before I got to head out on another thing. I'll come back for a few days and then I'll head out again. There's a lot of sacrifices that come with this lifestyle too. It doesn't mean I'm a bad dad. If you could sit here, am I a bad dad, Crosby? No. You've been around me my whole fatherhood. Have I ever been a bad dad? Never. Has, have I ever not been intimate, like not intimate, but so close to my daughter that you can, there's nothing that can break us. Sure. Okay. So I'm not looking for validation. I'm saying this is sacrifice. You take Will Primos and you take the juries and you take all of these companies that have been doing this and building these brands and going to NWTF and SHOT Show and ATA and they could not not be there. Will Primos couldn't be like, oh, y'all go there. Will had to build that brand with his face for years. Will almost lost that company at one time. Will sold that company and got it back at one time. Him and his brother and what they've done with Primos is in freaking incredible. And so is what the Drury's have done. What Mark and Terry have done is absolutely unbelievable. Those guys are geniuses. Mark Drury is a mad genius, mad scientist when it comes to wildlife. So is his brother. But they were always away from the family doing it. Not to say that they weren't great parents, but they're sacrificed too. So you got to keep that in mind that a lot of people, like let's take my brother Clint, for example. Clint don't give a shit about an air. He don't want to travel. He'll go to spring training, but he's not that guy that's really out there. He's, he's a physical therapist. He has his family at home, and that's, how, that's what he always wanted. So if you think about that, not everybody's cut out for this type of lifestyle either right. to just get up and go. You mentioned Wyoming. Well, I was in Texas. And then I was in Oklahoma for 10 days. And then I drove straight to Wyoming and we had to stop in Kansas because the roads were so icy. We were dealing with whiteout blizzards and snowfall. We had to continue the next day at 30 miles an hour. A four, a three and a half hour drive took us seven, seven and a half hours to get to where we were going in Wyoming. Hunt there, put together these dinners, do all this stuff up there, leave there. Now we go even more eastbound to Nebraska. Put on the dinners, cook on this, do the Traeger deal, set up the, the artists. We had some athletes there, kill some geese. Then what do we do? We run, we, we hustle, we hustle back and we come across the country. We get back to Reno and we're there for two days and I got to get on a plane. I, well, we're there for two days. We cook for George Brett one night, a big dinner for 55 people. The next night we go and attend his speech busy again. And then the next morning I get on a plane. I fly to Vegas for the shot show in Safari club international. I go home from that on a Sunday and on Monday we get in the truck and we drive up to Idaho to finish the duck season for five days. You know what you forgot? And I think it's the, it's the pivotal point in that story. It started out that you were supposed to fly to Texas and all the flights got canceled. And instead of giving up, which most people would have probably yours truly, you know, included, you decide, well, just get in a truck and drive there. Just drive and, and drive 24 hours to be where you need it. How easy it would have been to go, well, we'll just, we'll just push it back three, four days, see if we can get a flight, which, you know, hindsight 2020, you would not have been able to get a flight. 
they were all screwed up for like a week and you would have lost that opportunity. Most people would have chalked it right there. Done. Flights canceled Christmas day after Christmas. We just can't make it. No, I'm going to stay here for new yeah. years. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll wait. We'll, we should be able to get a flight in the next three or four days. And that doesn't happen. It's over. Lost Ducks are gone. Yeah. But most people, like I said, in, it, it takes. We got. We literally decided that day. I'm sitting on the couch. I said, "Get the truck here. Get the trailer hooked up." We're dri- what? We're leaving right now. We're driving. Yeah, got it. And you have to. You have to. But a lot of people would not have. No, that's a long drive. That's a, dude. That's a long. I've I've done that drive. And we did it. Long. We did it without stopping. We just yeah. took turns. Switch, yeah. And you know what? We got to Texas and Oklahoma, and had amazing times. That you can't replace. Right. Met people. Got work done tried to build the brands and it's all it'll all be played out you know in the way that it shows on tv or social media or whatever but you very easily could have sat idle but i'm telling you that my whole mindset from the very beginning of starting bandit and everything that we started was you cannot build this from this house in nevada you can't Mm -mm. you got to sacrifice you know damn well look at you you don't travel like I travel, you have your business there and you have your house there and you have your girl there and you got your job, whatever it is, you're good. You get to go on a couple trips a year. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to freaking do, do this building freaking circus tour all the time. I get tired of it. COVID taught me like, oh man, that was kind of nice. I didn't go to one show this summer. I did not go to one freaking show during that, that summer. There was none to go to. There was nothing to go to, yeah. but you're like, man, I wonder what will happen if I don't go to him again. No, you can't have that mindset. You got to get back in the game. It was like when the Great Depression hit. You know, Ford said, keep the, net, keep the brand out there. Keep it out in front of people. Spend the money in marketing because when the money does come back, they're going to remember the people that stayed there. Mm-hmm. They're, when the good times come back, people are going to remember what was going on during the bad times to keep people positive and to keep people freaking excited and keep people living, going down that path, going down that highway in a Ford Model T. Henry Ford had that vision of like, I'm going to keep this brand out there. Even though nobody can afford to buy one of my automobiles right now in the Great Depression, we're going to keep the brand out in front of people. That's what you got to do. Hey, you got to keep going. So when you see the social media where it's not a duck dying or a bird being retrieved, give some slack. Like there's more in this lifestyle than the tr- pull of that trigger. Well, and I hope if if the angry ones are listening, I'll vouch for the amount of hard work that it goes into to be able to stand on the side of a Jamie Johnson concert, which is where we started this conversation. Uh, it, it isn't because he's a good duck caller or a good shot or anything else. It's just pure hard work. And if you can't applaud that, tap that unfollow button, <laughs> move, that, move on. That, with that life, but dude. but you also have to get, you also have to check yourself because you you can't have that mentality that you you know everybody supports you on the way up. There's that ladder and you're climbing it. Go, Chad. They're even pushing you in the butt. You know they're pushing you on both cheeks. Get up there, do it. And then you get up there and you're like, holy shit. What was, what was that? And then freaking rocks are just flying by your head because they want to knock you off that top rung. And you're like, but wait a minute. You just were cheering me on. Yep. I was just, but you know what? Because we were at the same level. They're like, watch it. And then once you get there, you're like, oh, shit. Oh, gosh. What? what? He's doing that? Mm-hmm. He got the hunt there? He's with who? He's in Argentina. How did he get to Argentina? How, why is he in New Zealand? What's he doing? Why is he still hunting and it's freaking July? Like, that's what happened. 
oh, let's go back and find some dirt on him. You know, like if he runs for office, we got to find these pictures when he was in this bandana. I've never done a drug in my life. I've never done a drug in my life. I've drank some whiskey. I've never taken a drag off a cigarette, a cigar, a clove, one of these pin. What are these epi? What are not epi pin? Uh, I have had an epi pin in me. Vape. The vape pins. I've never done any of this. Okay, so. You can't but boy, say they wanted you to. Yeah. They wanted me to be they a coke. They thought I was a cokehead for sure. Yeah. I had to be, to be that active or that talking so fast. You can't or, do a feed chuckle like that on. Yeah. You don't, on, ducks don't do that. Oh, really? Because, uh, I've killed a lot of ducks going. <laughs> and, but everybody's like, ducks don't do that. Okay. Well, that doesn't mean that you can't kill them with it. Yeah. And realistically, yes, they do do that. If you really listen to a lot of ducks together and they get wound tight like that on some chatter and some separation calls, they're doing that stuff. And people are like, that's not normal. Well, it is. You know why? Because I've been in a lot more situations than you probably have to hear that and see what what a lot of ducks. If you go out here right now, you're going to hear that. You'll hear Especially when they're all fighting over that food and all bunch like you said yeah they, they might not sound like that in, in your favorite water hole wherever you are when there's 10 ducks but twenty thousand ducks sure do sound like that i'll vouch for what's right outside the window right now <laughs> have you seen that what how many are outside the window right now i've been watching them land over your head this whole time is it unbelievable or what i picked a good seat i know why am i not over there anyway i think that that's a nice conversation to have because and i'm not looking for people to go yeah you're right we should cut your break i don't want a break i'm trying to teach people or me and you are trying to have a talk of like what is the right way to look at different situations could you look at this place right here and drive up and down this road me and you have joked about it right have you could you imagine owning this place and no. saying this is mine driving through these gates and be like this is my the guy that owns this place doesn't treat us like that at all you know what he says hey sonny anything you need is yours. Mm -hmm. you, like you said, we could have come in here with a chip on our shoulder and, you know, oh, he got that because, you know, whatever. No, I, I see something like this and it, it, it makes me dream. I wish I could have something a third of this, you know, or how do I figure out how to make it to this level? You know, and that's a that's the mentality that you wish everybody could take. You, you heard it. People don't like where we're at. Some people don't like where we're at. Last night we heard it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Because, because of jealousy. Jealousy. That's what we've really been talking about today is jealousy. And, and, and jealousy gets you nowhere. No. You you look at a place like this. If you lived in that little town over there and you looked at this place and, and it sparked anger in your heart, you, you got something wrong. It should spark your your passion it should spark some you know flame inside you that says man i, I can do that love too to have that and i can let me go work harder yeah or or i want to go i want to meet that guy maybe that dude will hire me for you know half the season cleaning decoys and work my way into being one of his guys you know somehow how do i get inside that gate not how do i throw a rock at that gate what a what a that's the quote of the day i just came up with Holy how God. do we what how do I get inside that gate instead of throwing a rock at that gate? Yeah, that's wow. nice. Yeah. yeah that's, and remember when I talked about being on the river right below? Yeah. You're like, man, look at all those ducks up there. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on up here. And now you come up here and look at this place in the five, six years, seven years I've been coming here. He don't stop either. He could have stopped a long time ago and be like, I'm good. He walked in that door last night at 10 o'clock at night. You know he was up first light. And 
he wasn't, you know, he was still working. Still working. Isn't that, isn't that a weird common denominator to success is the work, man? Still working. 67 years old, still working. And I mean, and we're not even seeing the work. When you come up here oh. in the spring and summer, Nuts. it's unreal how much work. And he'll be in a backhoe. Yeah. He'll, be, he'll be in a scraper. He'll be over meeting with the construction manager. He'll be meeting with his fence guy. He'll be doing this. He'll be talking with a politician. He'll be putting on demonstrations for Houston shooting for the shooting school. Like it's nonstop how freaking unbelievable it is here. Yep. We've given a couple hints of where we're at. <laughs> Some people might figure it out. Pretty good conversation. Hopefully people are a little bit more receptive of looking at things the way we feel you should and to support people and to not get jealous or develop envy for a situation because there really is a way that you can go out and find ultimate happiness and not have to cut somebody down on a public forum because you have keyboard muscle with a nickname or a code name or a hide, hide in my mom's basement name and wait for her to bring me some PB and J with no crust on it. Don't be a dweeb. Don't be a dork. Okay. Support people and work harder. Be ethical. Take care of people. Give back as much as you can. Right. It, it all is for the positive in, in your life and, and in your community. And, you know, you're never going to go wrong by applauding someone. You know, if you if you see something you enjoy and somebody's doing it, and even if you feel like you're that close to them, an applause is way better than a boo. Way bigger. And, way bigger. You know, it, 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 Support it benefits everybody, including Support yourself. Yeah, work hard and take care of the people that take care of you. Or, or don't. And sit back and enjoy the life that you got. Yeah. But it might not be the greatest one. Yeah, but or, uh, but accept it. Accept it. Or it might be exactly what you wanted. If you wanted a 95 and you got a pension coming up when you retire at 65, that's great too, man. Go out and hunt on the weekends. Fish on the weekends. But don't don't down the people that chose to do a little bit more. Exactly. Accept in your life that you didn't. What was the saying? How can I get in that How gate? How do I get in that gate instead of throwing a rock at it? I like it. Yeah. How do I get up on that ladder? But, yeah, that gate that we're behind right now, I dreamed for years to be able to get behind it. There's literally a bald eagle flying over your head right now. At the window. I'm really? Not, I'm, not, I'm not lying. Did you just right call me here. bald? No, bald eagle. That's breaking it down. This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast with Chad and Alex. Thank you. Jack Daniels. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Flask Cap for the innovation, the lids, your spirits, your mixers, your ice, F-L-A-S-K-A-P, the tumbler cups and their lids. So innovative. Thank you, Drew and crew at Flask Cap. <clears throat> Truly unbelievable product. Supporting the outdoors. Supporting what we believe in. And supporting the lifestyle of integrity, honesty, transparency live your life like we talked about today and get out there and celebrate it and when you do it celebrate it with passion but also make sure that it's with moderation and responsibility never allow underage drinking whether it's in a flask cap or not whether it's jack daniels or not never go too much always enjoy it responsibly again never allow underage drinking we got to talk about a couple partners as we end this Alex, we have to talk about, I want to talk to you a little bit about a couple people that I've really been just like taken aback lately on the support that they give this culture. Talk to me a little bit about your feelings on our 
these decked drawer systems because I was talking to the guys in decked and we're kind of in their home state right now, but they're pretty badass, huh? The organization that you've seen the last few days. Oh, they're, they're lights out. And, and I had seen, you know, they're definitely innovators in this field. And one of the coolest ways now it doesn't always apply to you and myself because we have camper shells, but if you are a UT or an ATV guy, it would only make sense to have that deck, pull your ATV up on top of it with all your stuff underneath it. Dude. I mean, it's, it's insane. Then you, you apply it to what we do with camper shells and you literally have everything you want double locked in most cases. Like if your tailgate locks, your camper shell locks, all your stuff safe in those drawers and nobody can see them. Right. That's the, that's kind of the, the, the bad part about having a pickup truck is either you're unloading it every single night, whether it be at work or hunting or whatever, because people can see right in there. You know, you don't want your $300 waiter sitting out. You don't, you obviously don't want your Benelli laying out there and the way that ammo is nowadays, you can't even leave that in your truck. So camper shell with a decked, everything's organized. How much time does it save you not to have to pull everything out of your car every night? I mean, it's it's literally probably one of the greatest things that we utilize. I and think. there's and the you know you're with your trucks, you got the tailgate that'll lock. Then you get in there, the drawers lock. Mm-hmm. It's security. People are breaking into trucks and nonstop right now. It's disgusting with what's going on with this administration. The crime is at an all time high. Cops are being shot. People are being robbed. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. So get protected. Think ahead. And make sure that you're ready for this. You're prepared, organized. That's how I look at it. And you can't, you can't argue that. Bad boy mowers. We got to talk about bad boy because it's getting ready to go into spring and summer after this unbelievable fall and winter. And our bad boy mowers and the projects that we do with the brush hogging and the lawns and the maintenance, all of the cleanup, everything that we've accomplished with our relationship with bad boy mowers out of the great state of Arkansas, the crew there, the integrity, the focus, the dedication to their product, Zero turn mowers. They are badass. And I'm telling you, if you have a piece of property and you want to get a lot of work done fast and have it look good and easy with a lot, with, with just a lot of drive and dedication to it because it's fun and you want to get back on there and just create more projects for yourself. And these things are so low maintenance because they're built the right way. Bad boy mowers. Have you, have you been thinking about some of the projects you're going to be getting ready for? I don't think about the project so much as I just like driving those things, man. Like it literally, it it turns work, you know, Saturday, you got to go cut the grass. It actually makes it fun. You know what I mean? Which I know a lot of people that really love mowing their lawn. I'm not one of them, you know, but when you get to kind of do it on something that almost feels like a a UTV or a go-kart and you can spin donuts in it. And I mean, it actually makes it fun. It makes you, enjoy going out there and doing it now and they're powerful if i could get a cab put on one so i didn't have to sneeze the whole rest of the day after i cut the grass because your allergies that's your main reason you don't do that kind of work exactly hate it bubba just texted me and was talking about bad boy last night about how he's got him out and he's getting them all spit shine he's all fired up yeah just start ready to rock them so that's going to be good bad boy mowers thank you so much for the entire crew in arkansas for everything that you do for all of us here thorough good boots you've been wearing them with me think about all their made in america series we're wearing their mud boot series the 1600 rubbers right now um 
my feet are warm. We got the 800, uh, 800 uh, gram also. I, I said 600 degree. I said meant 1600 gram, but these boots are comfortable. Have you had any issues? Zero. And we've worn, uh, I, I brought, uh, I brought like my uh, hiking boot style of thorough goods because I thought that I would be wearing them like around, but it's never gotten above 25 and it snowed the first day with all the snow and it was five this morning so i mean i wear them to every i i literally have not worn a different pair of shoes and that includes going to eat lunch and one night we stopped into a local water hole i wore them there and uh i am i I like those uh those leather slip-ons that you had when we drove up here so if a pair of size 10s were having to fall off of the truck in that similar format i wouldn't be opposed to that um, you saying you're talking about my ankle high freaking slip-ons? The leather ones with the white uh, sole. They're badass. Yeah, you're already eyeballing another. I, well, I just happened to you know, like I said, if a box in a size ten were to fall off, no one would be upset. <laughs> <laughs> Throw good boots. I got to visit their factory in Wisconsin a couple months ago during goose season up there, duck season absolutely awesome freaking business man i'm telling you just awesome and i've said it before but i'm gonna say it again support the people that support what what we all are doing if you're listening to us then your chances are you're some kind of an outdoorsman more than likely in the united states of america buy 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 a product that supports that same ideology i mean it's simple you you got a lot of choices out there but when it comes down to, you know, what we're doing, when I say we, I'm saying everyone, you support the people that support what you're into. You, you, I'm not going to get political, but you can't be a hunter and vote Democrat. No. And, and you should you should take that same stance with the products that you buy. 100%. And I'm not saying, you know, you need to be in this cancel culture scenario, but when you see a product that you know, I'm just going to throw it out there. Thoroughgood Boots supports waterfowl hunting, obviously. And deer hunting, because they're with Michael Waddell and Bone Collector. Deer hunting, they they support the outdoor industry in general. You're a part of the outdoor industry, support them back. It's easy. It's easy. And people are, because they're selling them like they're freaking... Uh, Hey, you want to go... Do you want to go to... Remind me to send a message after, and I'll I'll tell you what's going on with Thoroughgood Boots this week, if you're around. I'm going to tell you... You're probably going to be too tired. I'm wearing the the lighter... uh, of the boot, and my feet have not been cold once. And I, that's not that, that's an unpaid endorsement to the, their product. <laughs> they they are good boots, man. And you got you got choices out there. Choose the ones that support what we're doing. And the last but not least, I just want to talk about these guys because I love them. Francis, Paul, Corning Ford. You talk about supporting this culture of farming and ranching and construction and blue collar and workers and hunting and fishing. Corning Ford, they'll sell you a truck no matter where you live in the country. Get with them in their customer service, their selection of super duties. Obviously, it's tougher times right now, but go on and build one and tell Corning Ford that you want their help in building your new super duty truck, or even if it's your new F-150 or your Bronco or whatever. But I'm telling you, these Ford trucks, Crosby, I mean, I know that you aren't in one right now, but you look at mine and the other ones that we have in our fleet, and you're just, I look at your face, and you're just like, ugh, oh. <laughs> I've driven, I've driven a lot of Ford trucks. Uh, but I, I picked that one up and drove it back for you. I drove it before you drove it. Really? Yeah. They're, no, they're legit, man. No no doubt about it. And, and I think that 
while it is difficult to get a truck right now, it is not impossible. If you're sitting in the in the sidelines right now thinking that something's going to change and then all of a sudden you're going to go pick up your dream truck next week, it, you just got to get involved right now. You, you, I know tons of people that are doing it. You Healthy. want a new truck? It's time to get a new truck? Just do it. Just go order work. it right now. I don't know what Corning Ford's deposit you know, scenario looks They'll like. They'll take good care of you. Right. I just went through it with them. And you get on the list right now. Get your truck. That's what you brought up, that Bronco. And, dude, that four-door, the full-size Bronco, like that one bodyguard built, dude. Beautiful. Legit. Beautiful. And I think my old lady's looking to possibly get a new car. I I really think it should be one of those Broncos. You called called her your old lady? Yeah. (laughs) Corny Ford, thank you. Thank you, Paul Francis, the entire crew. Corning, California. Follow them on Instagram at Corning Ford. Big supporters of this lifestyle. We love you all. Thank you for listening. Breaking it down. This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. Check out new episodes of the Foul Life podcast. New episodes of Where the Pavement Ends podcast. Brand new episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life airing exclusively right now on the Outdoor Channel. We got so much going on at the provider with our dry rubs, our ultimate 10-pack. Our brand new cookbook is a huge hit. Get you a copy, 264 pages, 80 recipes, the photography, the instruction, the inspiration, the influence, the stories. You're going to love it all. Look at it. Look for it at your favorite retailer or at theproviderlife.com. You can also find it at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, number one, five weeks in a row on Amazon in the cookbook category, The Provider. And don't forget to check out the new Megaford Duck Call, the new Crazy Train Short Read Canada Goose Call, or my favorite of all time, the Wrecking Ball Short Read Canada Goose Call, right now at jargongamecalls.com. They're hot, they're badass, they're made in America, and they sound just like ducks and geese. I promise you right now there's not a better duck or goose call built by anybody in the world. Not saying we're the best, there's just nobody better. Promise you that. (laughs) I think that that makes sense. For Alex Crosby, I'm Chad Belling. Thank you all for listening again to Breaking It Down. Eli, Tom, hit that button. This is Brent Cobb. The morning's going to come. Oh, man, oh, man, y'all better hold.